Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. This week on the show, we are going to recap Fight to Win Pro 74 in Denver, Colorado. We are going to talk a little bit about sumo. The first day of the Sumo Basho happened, so we're going to talk about that. We are also going to preview Rise 4, Fight to Win Pro 75, and talk a little bit more sumo. I am your host, Josh, joined as always by... Maine. Who is also a host or a co-host. We're going to keep discussing this until we figure it out. I just hate the term co-host, man. I don't know why. I don't know. We're both hosts. Hostess with a mostess? Definitely, Josh. Definitely. Sweet Beetlejuice. Jumping right into news. I sound like shit. I have terrible allergies and I'm allergic to allergy medicine. What do you mean you're allergic? Is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. I'm allergic to some allergy medicines, and I just don't mess around with other ones, so I sound like duty. You're super nasally. It's uh, yeah, not usual. It sounds kind of weird in my ears here. Anyway, into actual news. Mackenzie Dern fought, and we don't really cover MMA, but you know she was in jiu-jitsu for a long time. She uh, missed weight by uh, 7, seven pounds. 0.4 pounds. She didn't miss weight. She didn't cut weight. That's my personal belief, that she didn't even try to make weight. She did that on purpose. You gave her 30% of your purse. She doesn't care. No, I, I agree. It's just... Because she's she's somewhat attractive, and UFC is going to try to push it. Like, oh, you're undefeated. You look kind of attractive. All right, we're going to try to push you. And they already put an article out that were like, hey, we're behind you. We're going to help you make sure you're at this point, or you're going to go up to 125. Look, her team, her so... the MMA lab, a pretty highly respected team, asked her to leave because she wasn't taking training seriously enough and their reputation would be affected by that. So that's a pretty good indicator that... Um, she likes the beach, bro. I get you like the beach, man. I like the beach too, but you got to show up and like put the work in, especially if you're in the goddamn UFC. So that was this weekend that happened. A bunch of other fun fights happened this weekend. It was a little light for jujitsu. There wasn't a whole lot of events happening this weekend. Gabby Garcia fought as well. On Road FC. That was a fun one. She is she's really big. So I was figuring out how how tall and how much she weighed, like how big she was, uh, just to figure it out. I think Everything, she's six three, six four. Six. She's just shy of six two because they did the the centimeters thing, and yep. I did it. Okay. Just shy of six two, and she's about two hundred and thirty five pounds, and she was pretty cut up. Like yep. I'm not gonna lie, you can see her abs. Maybe she can she can lose like five or ten more pounds, but. That's 225 pounds. So all the people that were like, yo, if she would just stop eating and, and focus. No. Dude, she's, she's she's big. She's big. She's straight up like She would have to cut Amazon. out a significant amount of muscle to make any lower weight class than she makes. Now, she missed her previous fight in um, in Ryzen where they actually called it off because she missed weight by so much. I think she missed by like 28 pounds or something or 22 pounds. Was that one supposed to be at like 200 pounds because she's straight up two, 218 or something? I don't know. Or, or the she, opponent again. weighed in at 214. I don't know. It was supposed to be at a, like a lower weight class, and then Garcia like just couldn't make the weight, and they just missed no. weight by a huge amount. Like She straight up like is a direct descendant of legit Amazons, like giant, powerful women. She's a large woman. She is tall. She is super much. She's got a huge musk. Uh, m- oh, hold on. What Shoulders? Else? Well, n- not even that. Like She's the build. Just, her build, she has her a frame. large frame. But her muscular, like, build her sk- musculoskeletal, Musculos- muscular skeletal. I don't know. I can't remember how to say it. But her, like, you can tell her bones are just dense. Her muscle mass is 
dense. Once she went from like being heavier to, you know, getting all ripped up, you could tell there is no way she was ever going to be a small person. Like there's no way she was going to be less than 170 pounds. There's no way she's going to be less than 200 pounds. Unless she got out a ton of muscle and then she just... Even then, I don't think she could. No. Like, again, look at someone... Look at look at men that are 6'2". Like, even lanky guys that are 6'2", are 180 on the low like end. Lee, our instructor? Yeah. Is he 6'2"? He's almost 6'4". Yeah, okay, he thought he was taller than that. Yeah, yeah but he's, like, in the 190s. Yeah, And so. it's just... But, yeah, she uh, she kerplunked her opponent. She rear naked her. choke? Yeah, rear naked choke. I Surprise couldn't see the to grip. no one. I mean, the other girl was almost as tall as she was. A little bit lighter, but still almost as tall as she was, and she stood up with her. But once Gabby decided to take it to the ground, that was it. So that covers MMA for the week, even though we typically don't really ever cover MMA. It yeah. was a lighter week for jiu-jitsu, so we thought we'd throw those two in because... They're fun grappling matches. They're fun grapplers that are, you know, just transitioning into MMA, first couple fights, and so it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, if you are a subscriber of Flow, watch all their Road to World stuff. It's really, really good. Just getting not a deep inside look, but a decent look at what's going on at all these camps, at least on the East Coast for right now, and part of the, yeah, just the East Coast. They just jumped over to Ireland. And are doing some of the Brazilian camps as well. It's a little behind the scenes, and it shows you like, oh, this is what, this is how these guys prepare for the biggest and the most prestigious tournament of the year. And you know they're kind of going through and doing previews and showing you like this is the behind the scenes of what these guys do to compete and to prepare. So it's fun. I think it's a good, it's a good series, and I, I wish there were more of those. We got to see uh, Paulo speak in English, which is kind of cool. Yeah, which is the one without the tooth. Yep. Which helps main out. He's like, I don't know which one. They look the Man, same. Man, they look the same. Oh, it's because they're twins. Yeah, and that's why they look the same. And I can't figure it. Dude, we have guys in our gym that are twins that I have a problem with. Like, remember their names? Who? Other uh, gym. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, who are whose twins at the gym? I've never seen them, or maybe I have, and it's just one. No, but they did show uh, Unity and their comp training, and that blew people's minds on the internet. They were like, why are they getting in the shower with the gi on, bro? It's hot as shit in there. They turn the AC off at Unity on purpose. They close the windows. They turn off the fans. That place is hotter than balls when they do that. I went, was it last summer or maybe it was the summer previous? I went with a couple of training partners, and we just showed up with all of our gear. We didn't know whether it was gi or no gi. They were like, dog, it's the summer. It's after Worlds. It's no gi. Within 10 minutes, the place was covered in sweat. By the time it got to the training grounds past the drilling, there were puddles. And this was just from sweat, not from people walking in the shower. It was hot as fuck. And I was fat, too, and I was dying. But every single person that came with us dropped out before I went. I did a couple of rounds. And then afterwards, saw people getting in the shower. I was like, oh, you can do that here? Great. And I jumped in really quick, got soaked, and then went back out and trained another round. But that place gets hot as Fuck. More props to them that they like. It makes you grittier. It has to. Oh, yeah. Especially in the gi. Like, you have to be dying in that heat because East Coast can get pretty bad with like the, the humidity. Yeah. Is really what makes it bad. Like, it, it, can get, it can be super hot, but if it's hot and it's humid in a gi, 
you feel yeah. like you're gonna die even in like a rash guard like when it's hot enough and muggy enough you just like you breathe in and you don't feel like you get all the oxygen you need because it's so wet it's like i'm gonna die and even when you're you're done and you take a cold shower like that doesn't help you immediately start sweating again it's oh those so, those dudes are soldiers so watch that video it's cool if you're interested in you know worlds which if you listen to the show you probably should be or are uh, they're cool videos. They're, it's a nice behind-the-scenes look at high-level camps and what they're doing to prepare for Worlds. In other news, BJJ Scout put out a really cool video talking about the defense to the DDS system's heel hooks and other leg attacks. Leg entrapments, yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. I, I saw it had come out. I didn't get a chance to watch it until today, Sunday, Mother's Day. Shout-out to all the good moms because I know there are fucked-up moms and they don't deserve that shout out. So, shout out to all those good moms or, you know, single dads or whoever. If you got to be the mom or you got to pretend to be the mom, whatever. Shout out to those good people, good parents, you know, those people. Anyway, got a chance to watch it today. Very interesting system. Got to work with it a little bit in training as well today. So, um, yeah, take a peek at it. It's really it's really nifty. It's a nice breakdown. Basically TLDR, uh, don't go to your butt and don't hand fight. Basically, like, build a base fight. and try to get the fuck away. TLDR, fight the cross. Fight the leg cross, yeah. So it was a cool video. Um, go back and watch it because I think that, you know, as heel hooks become more and more and more popular. I Prominent think, in the meta yeah. of Nogi. Yep. I think it'll be interesting to see how more people, because we just saw Vinny last week shut it down, and he incorporates that Well, that he footage. brought up, now we're getting into the video, but he brought up that he's shut it down before. He shut down Gary's, like, twice. Once? No. Once, I think. Once in the uh, EBI. EBI. I thought he had shut it down in something else. But, yeah, he shut it down at EBI, and he did the same thing. And Felipe Pena actually did it. Felipe Pena did it twice. That's who I was yeah. thinking of. So, really interesting video. Go and watch it. It's uh, Again, I love watching his videos because they're succinct. They break it down very nicely. And you can pause it at any point in time and look at the details of what he's – or the person, I don't know if it's male or female, is explaining – for those videos. BGJ Scout is an outstanding resource for learning technique and understanding, you know, the metagame. Yeah, I mean, always subscribe, and if you, you know, have the extra cash, hit up their Patreons like BJJ Scout and Airshire Grappler who do these breakdown matches and show you these little pinpoint details that you can pick stuff off from. They're giving... A lot of that stuff is they're giving it away for free. They're taking time out of whatever they're doing and they're giving to the BJJ community. So if you can support them, support them, whether it's just subscribing to the channel and liking their videos or, you know, donating on their Patreon. So, yeah, take a peek. So that does it for news this week. We are going to mix it up this week, and we're going to do sumo first. It's only the first day of the Basho. It's the Natsu Basho uh, back at the Tokyo uh, Sumo Hall, Josh. Why do you always put me on the spot like that? Because, man, you're supposed to know sumo. You're the sumo guy for this show. I am the, uh, the tag-along. It, 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 it is. I, I was like, why is it? But it is. It's The it's, side hoe, as they may be, Josh. That's what I, I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, it's back in Tokyo. I, I, I briefly forgot where it was, and then I was like, oh, yeah, it is right back here. So, you know, started off a new basho, Kise no Sato, out again. Ties the record for most uh, no-shows. You know, you most think, do you think he's forced to retire? Uh, no, because he's Japanese, and they're really fighting hard to keep a Japanese. Do guy you in think there. he'll come back this basho? We think he's out the whole basho. I think he's out completely. Takayasu, more... Takayasu, also out. Same, same stable. Adozeki. 
Right. Same stable. And what would have been okay is if Kisei no Sato goes Kyujo, which is, you know, pulling out, and Takayasu was in because he could have went on a potential, you know, Yokozuna run, right? Yeah, he's Ozeki. He, the, one of the Yokozunas is out. Exactly. I mean, he still has to compete against other Yokozuna, but he could potentially, especially being Japanese, if he takes that Yusho, he could catch the promotion. You know, that bumps up another Japanese guy to the top ranks, and then you can go, all right, look, you've been out for seven tournaments. Hit the bricks. Or Takayasu could have pulled and Kisei no Sato was still in, but that didn't happen. They're both out. Again, do you think they'll both be out the entire Basho? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's the sort of news for day one with what's going on with that. Um, your usual guys took their wins. Kakuryu, Hakaho, day one wins. Goedo, day one wins. You know, uh, Tochi Notion, who's on that Ozeki train, he's trying to, if he does well, if he ta- if he catches 10 victories and he looks good doing it, He's going to take that Ozeki promotion, and he started off strong with uh, he started off strong with a win, and it was really close. It was a tight match. Uh, my kids actually came in the room and started betting on the matches who would win, and my younger daughter thought it was hilarious. She was like, "He's grabbing his underwear and giving him a wedgie." I was like, "Yes, yes, he is." Have they don't watch sumo before, Josh. They occasionally like peek in, and they're like, "What are you doing?" They're like, "Why does that guy have boobies?" Or it's like. That guy has a really big belly. He's really fat. And I was like, very astute observation. And their only their only choices of who was going to win was the color of the Mawashi. Like the belt, they were like, oh, that guy's got a pink one? He's going to win. So it went it went on like that the entire video where they're like, oh, I think this guy's going to win because of this. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Abi took an L today all the way up at Maegashira 2. They said that it would probably happen because he took a big jump from a little bit lower in the uh, Benzuke, and now he's fighting all these. He will be fighting all these higher level guys. Uh, he ran into Ichinojo today, who they said is at like what, like oh, almost five hundred pounds now. He's a he's a large guy. gentleman, Josh. As I say, yes. Uh, took a hard loss on that one. Almost squeaked it out. Also, Ryuden, who's who's been looking good as well. Uh, took an L today, but, you know, day one. Not a whole lot to talk about. A uh, couple more weeks of sumo, Josh. You excited? Yeah. You know, we'll talk a, at the halfway point next week. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I'm totally on the Tochi Notion hype train. I want him to catch that promotion. That would be awesome for him. His traps are getting, like, bigger and bigger. I was like, yo, you been lifting recently? I don't think they test for steroids. He could be doing steroids for all I care. I it's hope like, they don't, Josh. God, I love my sports without steroid testing. <laughs> I love it. I made a picture and sent it to Maine of Paula Meow, his head on top of a bodybuilder. And I just see this long dot, dot, dot of Maine typing. And then it stopped. And then all I get is a lol. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. You were going to say something good. And then I you was. just hit me with the lol. Anyway, so that's day one. Uh, Kintamoyama, again, Jason's All Sumo channel. Type in sumo, Natsubasho. You'll find something for it. Get into another grappling sport. Speaking of grappling sports you're already into, Fight to Win Pro 74 in Denver, Colorado happened this Friday, and it was a treat. This event paid out a total of $16,970 in bonuses and commissions. Usually it says salaries and commissions, but this time it says bonuses and commissions. I'm not sure why. 
somebody probably just typed something up and and copied it. Yep. You know how they do. This event had a 42-ish percent submission rate and was headlined by Elliot Marshall. Elliot, Mar- Elliot huh? <laughs> yeah. Elliot. Elliot Marshall versus Stephen Hall. So under the results, starting with the kids and teens, we're going to work in reverse order up the card. Killian Schultz defeats Emerson Prius by guillotine. That's submission of the nights for the teens and kids. Mason Shore defeated Ryan Martin Dale by decision. That was fight of the night for the teens and kids. Take my thing, Josh. Well, you fucking left it dangling, so I had to step in and save the day. Maximus Gonzalez defeated Isaac Fitch by triangle. And Anna Garcia defeated Selena Garcia by armbar. And on to the purple belt results. George Ashour defeated Eddie Cineros by decision. Sean P. Spear defeated Ty Rivers by decision. Victor McCullough defeated Johnny Knutson by decision. Cecilia Hathcock defeats Jen Perez by decision. Mello Brookie defeats Fabiana George by decision. Richard Vigil defeats David Wenning by decision. My allergies make me... Uh, unable to read, apparently. Bobby Ryan defeats Dan Heisel by decision. Kyle Crimson defeats Carlos Garcia by decision. Daniel P- Pacheres. That's right. I heard it. It's Pacheres. It is Pacheres, Josh. Defeats Michael Costa by cross choke. And it was a mean cross choke, too. He set it up beautifully. Daniel Mark Calvert defeated. Andy Banal, by decision. That was fight of the night for the purple belts. Douglas Cuomo defeated Christian Godoy by decision. Joseph McKinnon defeated Justin Tucker by armbar. And that was was submission of the night for the purple belts. And Nicholas uh, Burgill defeated James Micas by decision. On to the brown belt results. Ryan Casey defeated Esmalin Espinal by decision. Michael George defeated J.J. Lopez by loop choke. That was submission of the night for the brown belts. Jalen Reyes defeated Kiefer Johnson by decision. Dane Camella defeated Evan Barrett by heel hook. This is where we're going to stop. Night Pigeon. Troy Troy Everett. Everett. You're a fucking genius. You're a mastermind of walkouts. I wish you were a pro wrestler because you would have... So many fans, and I would be able to say, I knew him before pro wrestling, and he's a goddamn genius. He walked out to Backstreet Boys. I want it that way? Yes. And he, at first I was like, this dude legit just walked out in a white fucking suit and a tank top with that goofy looking hat. I mean, it's, 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 was it a fedora? It's not a fedora. It's like that flat, like the, like, the like Miami top. kind of yeah. like. And he just starts, like, doing the movements with the song, you know, pantomiming, like, the heartbreak, you know, You Are My Fire. And he has the, the jacket beside. slung over his shoulder, and then he walks into frame, and you look at the jacket he has. And you're like, oh, shit, he's wearing a gi. It's a gi jacket and that he has. And he's using that all as the... Uh, the other part was the people in the crowd that I guess he set up, or other people that were like, this will be funny to add to this, to throw giant pairs of women's panties at him. Holy shit, that was amazing. He picked up one pair and looked at it and was like, it looked like he was like, what the fuck is this? And what what made it even better was the commentary, who I haven't talked about yet, who was so fucking on point. 
they it amazing commentary. It was great. It was it was great. They were like they had just enough information about the matches. They told you what was happening. They were doing predictive commentary as well as they were like it was lighthearted. It was fun. They were moving back and forth between a little bit of story time and then back into the match and talking about the walkout, talking about guys training and then what people do and then how they get messed up in the gym by these guys that they've trained with. They're obviously it looks like Denver guys. Um, I'm obviously you know, I'm not hugely familiar with either one of them, but you know, great on the mic and it was really f- amazing. It was, I think, exactly what Fight to Win is looking for for their commentary, where it's fun but informative and not too like play by play. Take notes if you want to do commentary, do it like that. I mean, there are other people too that do it great. Again, I've talked about him a billion times. Jay, Jay Regalbudo does great commentary, but this teamwork that they had together was amazing. And uh, one of them, I don't know if he was doing it on purpose, but a few times he would go, yes, and it, made, it immediately made me think of Matt Hardy as his broken or woken character, and he kept doing it, and I would pop every single time that he did it because I was like, either he actually does that, and that's just his personality, and it's that's funny to me. Or he's purposely doing this because he's a wrestling nerd, and he's like, "I wonder if anybody's going to catch this." Josh made me watch the, uh, the the Hardy video before this episode, uh, a recent one, yes, and and explained this whole thing to me. And anyone that knows me knows I'm I disdain pro wrestling, and uh, I've had to watch more pro wrestling this evening than I usually do to Josh's delight. I, I'm gonna make you watch the Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy match. The brothers. Yes. All right. I'm going to make you watch that match on the Hardy compound, and it's filmed mostly with, like, uh, a drone, and there's fucking canoes and all sorts of other shit that are involved in this wrestling match. That shit's amazing. All right. Yeah, so shout-outs to uh, Tim Carrier <laughs> and Jake Bells for just fantastic commentary this evening. But back to the Troy Everett uh, walkout slash match. In the results, it's listed as Darswin walkout of the night. Walk out of the forever. That dude always comes out with something. The last time he had a match, he got overshadowed by the dance number, which I wasn't impressed about. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I wasn't impressed. He came out to that Price is Right theme, and that shit was great. And he said on the video, which is up on YouTube. It is. That he had something better planned for this. And that shit was amazing. So enough about the commentators and the match on the, and the and the walkout onto the match itself. Yo, he was not messing around at all. They were, you know, going back and forth, kicking each other's feet for a little bit. Uh, Larry jumped guard, and Troy passed it. Uh, like, I don't know, that took like what, like fifteen twenty seconds. Something and he like just, that. He just like walked. He put around. a uh, a hand in the collar, and then Larry opened up to try to like kind of sweep like a low, like or a, just tried to open up to try to work an open guard, and he just went around it and immediately started hunting for that Darce and just pressured in, pressured in. And Larry wasn't really pushing away or anything to get away. And he just set it through and set it through and set it through. And Troy's a big dude. I think it was a 195 match. Yeah, he's a bigger but, guy. But, I mean, like, height-wise, he's a bigger guy. He's like 6'2", oh, yeah. something like that. 6'3". If you're taller than that, Troy, sorry. Um, you're taller than me. So everybody's at least, you know, six foot two. He's got like, what, a 15-inch beard, something like that? The beard adds like 50 feet to his height. So he's actually 50 feet tall. Uh, yeah, he just set up that that Darce beautifully, came in, and they switched camera angles. And as they were switching it, uh, the tap happened. And that was that. Uh, the only thing that would have been better with the combination of the walkout and 
the match is if he somehow set up his gi pants to rip off and he would have just like ripped them off and been in some wacky fucking outfit underneath Yo, of it. Speaking of his gi pants, he has a fight to win patch. Yeah, they on... give you those. You do? Yeah, if you compete in the gi, they give you fight to win patches. Dude, I want one of those. You can buy them on their website if I'm not mistaken. I'm probably going to do that then. All righty. So, yeah, shout out to Troy. That that fucking walkout was great. Match was so good, excited. too. I'm, I'm, <laughs> the mat, like, a, f- a couple of things happened during this card where I was like, I don't care about anything else that's going on right now. That fucking happened. And mind you, we're talking about this match. The stream that day was a little, like, shaky and kept, like, going out and... I caught the end of the match. I caught the walk-in, but the whole setup to the finish didn't get to sh- see because my stream froze. And Maine's like, this is the worst thing ever. My stream has been frozen for like five minutes. This bullshit. And, you know, I'm assuming he tried to refresh his his stream and everything. Repeatedly, like, Josh. Right. So he's like, great. Now I fucking missed it. I was like, dude, did you see the walkout? He was like, I got like two steps into the walkout and then it cut out. Fortunately... Everybody and their mom posted the video of him walking out, and the videos are up as of, you know, 10 o'clock on, on Flow Grappling. Night. So all the videos are up on Flow Grappling. It was great. Got to rewatch it in all its glory and all its HD glory. Um, it was a fun one. But on to the next match, Josh, unless you got think, anything else to add about this match. Uh, great beard. Yes. <laughs> Paul Gummerson defeated Gabe Anderson by bow and arrow choke. Dan Humke defeated Matt Cano by Americana. Isaiah Wright, this was a title match, by the way. Isaiah Wright defeated Ryan Schultz by decision. Uh, Ryan Schultz of IFL fame yes, uh, had nothing. Nothing at all for Isaiah. Isaiah had him in a triangle for, like, how long? Like, four minutes? Five something minutes? Something, something like that. Yeah, pretty for good pretty, portion uh, of the match. A good majority of the match where he would just switch between a regular triangle and a reverse triangle, and that that was the entire match. And, I mean, he was trying to finish and everything like that, but... He couldn't Schultz. escape. He couldn't escape at any point in time. He just was readjusting the triangle, turning over, turning over. And it was basically, I mean, good, uh, again, outstanding triangle defense. I'll give you that. If you can be in a triangle for that long, like, your defense is pretty good. But had no options really out of the triangle, which I thought was interesting. Um, it was cool to watch the triangle be readjusted from a technical perspective. But it was also interesting to see um, not the, the lack of escapability kind of coupled with that. So it was a fun match. And it wasn't like Isaiah wasn't trying to finish the triangle. Oh, God, to begin he was, with. No, he was he yanking was, on the arm. He was turning yeah. across. He was doing all the right things. So it was a it was a cool match because it's rare you see guys fight a specific position for this long. So whenever they do, it's always fun to, to go back and watch someone be in a sub for that long and the various ways in which um, both competitors deal with that. And it's, it's really interesting to match study these kind of matches for that reason. Kevin Williams defeated Bruce Bugby by ankle lock. That was fight of the night for the brown belts. So both of these gentlemen are known for their footlock game. Uh, we saw Bruce a couple of cards back grab a really fast heel hook the last time. And he walked out and he actually had the rip away pants and ripped those off. I'm a huge fan of those. I was in a band once and I had a pair on and a thong underneath. Long story, but it was really amusing. Ew. Bro, I got a nice butt. I'm just ew, oh, <laughs> man. All right. Um, they were going back and forth, trading, you know, footlocks and heel hooks, and just trying to catch each other. At one point, Kevin grabbed a foot and turned, and then 
it rolled back and then he grabbed the foot again and Bruce tapped and I was like, why? But Bruce immediately got up and was limping and I was like, oh, something, something happened where it popped. And that is, uh, that is no bueno. So it sucks that he got hurt. It wasn't really on purpose or anything like that. It just happened. Look, if I'm going for, okay, you say that. If you're going for an ankle lock, the whole point is to hurt the guy. Any submission, like when it comes to like messing up a joint, is it's going to hurt. That's why you tap. There's pain. Right. But you're not going in with the intent to maim someone. You don't want to see, like, as much as, and we discussed this the other week where yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. But, you know, you don't go in with the intent to maim anyone. I mean, I want to win. Do I go into the mindset? Right. Is my mindset going in like I'm gonna break your shit? Yeah, sure. But do I actually want to? No, break you want. Shit? I want you to tap. Is what I'm looking for. Like, right. I want you to tap. I don't want to have to break you. I am fully prepared to do that. But ideally, I want to grab it. I want you to go. Oh, I've been got, and you to tap. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you and I have both broken plenty of people's stuff in competition yes. over the years. I'd rather choke somebody unconscious because that's really quick. You know. The the blood flow turns off for a couple of seconds and it turns back on and they're like, oh, where am I? Oh, okay, I lost. And you call it a day. But you break something, somebody's out of training for a while, yeah. you feel bad, you have that whole remorse. Uh, so hopefully it's not too bad of an injury for Bruce and he's back on these cards competing. Eric Coe defeats Alex Lane with a choke from the back. Again, a title a fight. Yeah, how about that? Mm-hmm. How about that? Maine was really high up on Eric. He called him and was like, yo, where's Eric's Where's Eric's title fight? He got that title fight, and he won that title. New champion now, I think, is it 170? I think so. I think it's a welterweight. Yeah, it was definitely at welterweight. And uh, we forgot to mention that the Nicholas Burgel and James Micus match was also a title match, 155 for the Purple Belts. So, yes. Don't want to leave anything out. We're going to move on to the black belts in just a second. But as we stated last week, Brittany Elkins was supposed to be on this card. So, By the way, one second. Is it Elkin or is it Elkins? Is it Elkin? We I don't know. I've been saying it as Elkins forever. And I think it might be actually Elkin. And uh, I don't want to continue to mess up her name, uh, if at all possible, considering we're going to you know, probably continue to cover her for much for longer to come. Yeah, I mean... It's no surprise that we're giant idiots and we always mess up people's names and we're really stupid. I think that comes across in the mic, Josh. Oh, yeah, big time. Big time that we're uh, Elkin, no S. So Brittany Elkin. So I was correct. Yeah. That's like the third time on the show. It's great. Occasionally you get one, man. Yeah, he. we had a discussion earlier before we started recording and we were talking about Andre Galvao versus Chris Weidman. Mm-hmm. And, and Josh, Josh, for some like as a joke, called him Weedman, and I thought he was he was making a joke about a match there. Andre Gavao versus Chris Weidman happened in 2009. The commentator, because no one had, no one had a cute clue who Chris Weidman was, kept calling him Weedman the entire match. And I thought Josh was making a joke related to that because one of the guys on the Fight to Win Pro 74, 75 card is from uh, LAW, which is Longo and Weidman. Rise. You're mixing up Rise. On the Rise card is from there, and so we were previewing that. And, uh, yeah, thought Josh made a joke. He didn't make a joke. No, I'm just an idiot. But I was going on about how I remember being at the trials for the 2009 ADCC competition, 
and watching Weidman go and compete and beat the shit out of everyone. Uh, he beat James Brasco to win, and I only remember this because my coach was going against James and almost ripped off his arm with a Kimura and just didn't finish it, and James just held him in there in that position. And But Chris Weidman beat the ever-loving fuck out of him and then went on to have an awesome match with Weidman, or with Galvao, and Maine was convinced that that match happened in the trials. I was like, no, it's not. And he was like, yes, it is. I was like, bro. No, no, no. I, I wasn't that confident. I was like, I'm pretty he sure He was confident in enough. I was like, I will bet you. And he was like, what? And I just was like, I bet you $10,000. I was like, I bet you $10,000. And as I back, soon as that number came out. I down from the fight. And then we looked it up. And the first thing that popped up was Andre Galvao versus Chris Weidman so, at ADCC in the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals. So it's a recurring thing on this show. Whenever Josh or I believe that we are 100%, we, when we know we are correct on an argument, the other one of us will bet the other $10,000. And then the other one will go, I'm going to back down from this argument because I'm, escalate, I'm, not, that, I'm not that confident. I'm going to go 50 next time. Josh, we don't have 50 grand. Maybe I do. I don't. I can let you know. I just bought a house. I got I got zero dollars. I got zero grand. I got mortgage dollars right now. That's it. If I get paid on time. <laughs> you I'm, work for the state government. I usually get paid on time. Always. I usually get paid on time. 100% always. of the time I get paid on time. 100% of the time, 50%. 50% of the time, 100% of the time. So, on to the black belt matches for Fight to Win Pro 74. Adam Sacknoff defeats... Alex Huddleston by decision. Lara... Halleck defeats Rossi Snow by knee bar. Mike Martin defeats Howie Spratt by decision. John Combs defeats Alexander Rajic. Ra- I I totally missed I, his name. Man, I they said it and I can't I can't do it. Rajic, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, by decision, Nick Marr defeated Connor Hune by decision. That was fight of the night for the black belts. And Elliot Marshall defeated Stephen Hall by heel hook, which got submission of the night. For the black belt. Why take my thing, Josh? Because you were off staring into space, and I was like, there's going to be dead air for like three seconds before he's like, oh yeah, submission of the night. It's been only a week. So, want to talk about this match, Josh? The Stephen Hall match? Yeah, Stephen Hall, Elliot Marshall. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was great was we were we went back and watched it again. Because the videos are up and it's great. It's great when you can go back and watch it, and you know we'll we'll go back and talk about a few other ones as well, or one or two. It all depends. <laughs> um, Maine for some reasons like yo we haven't seen Elliot for a while. It's like dude he competed two cards ago. It's like really. It's like yes. And he goes, where do I know him from? And I'm like. What is wrong with you? He's like, I've been so busy this week. I can't. I cannot remember anything. I was like, he, he fought in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He likes our our Instagram photos occasionally. He goes, Oh, that Elliot Marshall. I was like, Yes, that one. He goes, Oh, okay, I remember him. Dude, now. it's been a long week. Having fever dreams again, Maine. No, Josh, not fever no, dreams. No, 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 fever this you time. Can't, you can't. You can't function because you having fever dreams. No, Josh, I'm just fever dreams. I'm gonna say house. fever dreams nine hundred times, like you did the other week. You're welcome. That was like a month ago or two. I don't remember. That shit was a while ago. Anyway, we totally got sidetracked and we stopped talking about the Elliot Marshall match. Uh, Elliot immediately went to his butt, and the commentary was like. We're just going to wait for Elliot to pull guard. And right after they said pull guard, he just sat down. And Stephen Hall's a guard player, too. And when we talked about it when Elliot was on the last fight to win, 
that we covered that he has great guard retention or you know or, or it's hard to even if you pass it's hard to stabilize he yeah that's one thing that kind of struck me about this match particularly is Elliot doesn't he never lets you like get in on his body or like in on his legs he keeps you at that like like l- closer middle range and never lets somebody establish at one point Steven goes to like turn and kind of pass his well, guard Steven got in and passed and then Elliot was like guess what I'm also really fucking Elliot strong Elliot just lifted he him just off lifted and floated him I was like that's scary. Like, even if you pass him, like, he just kind of was like, oh, cool, you're past. Let me just push you off and, like, turn Steven over and made him pass the guard again. And then eventually Steven sits down and they get into the footsie battle, which was uh, which was fun to watch. I always love a good footsie battle. Uh, at one point, Stephen Hall's uh, anklet comes off. Was it Steven or was it Elliot? We, I believe we, it was Steven. Yeah. And they just stopped and he put it back on and then continued on like, okay. And they slapped and bumped and just had a little laugh and then started the match. It was really, I love seeing, Josh loves it more, but the sportsmanship at the high levels, like guys just like, okay, start this, you know. Yeah. Uh, Finally, you know, Elliot keeps attacking the legs, keeps entangling, goes on. He turns over at one point and gets the arm through and goes to clasp the hands and Stephen Hall tapped. I don't know if he's got a bad knee, but that heel hook was not in. It was, I think here's where it was. I think that Elliot, where he was positioned, he had touched the hands together, and Stephen knew that in order to get out, he would have to cover so much distance that Elliot would have a chance to just rip. And if Elliot decided to just rip that heel, he was got. Like we talked about this, we talked about this last that's, week. That's, that's true. That if guys um, like I'm not a, mad. No, no, at, not the like high, at the high level, you know when you're got. And I think Stephen knew when he was got. Have you watched like? any of the finals from the worlds where guys feet are at Hamalo Bahal where the motherfucker's foot was twisted completely yeah, yeah, yeah. 360 fucking degrees and he and got broken and it yeah got and broken. it wasn't even the finals and he was like nah I'm gonna win with this broken ass foot and then move on and close out it's like dog right but fight to win pro is you know you're, you're main eventing that event it's awesome that's like that's somewhat prestigious to do that but it's not the world. So it's like guys don't want to be out for nine That's months. That's right. They're with getting a paid. Broken leg. They're getting paid. They're getting paid, which is great. Yeah, take that, IBJJF. They're actually getting but paid. He, but he knew he was got, and he knew he wasn't going to gain anything by maybe like fighting a heel hook that was in. The hands were almost basically collapsed and turned over. He had a big distance to clear the knee line out. Like he was got. And so he taps, and he doesn't like let Elliot Marshall just rip his leg off because he knew he got got. I think he got scared after Elliot Marshall pushed him up and floated him like a small person, and Stephen Hall is like fucking 240 pounds. He's a large guy, too. That's actually not true. I'm pretty sure he wasn't scared by that. I'm pretty sure there are other big dudes that have done that to him. I'm just being an idiot. And like I said, we're going to go back and talk about other matches. Boom. Take that main. Fuck you. Lar Halleck got that knee bar. That yeah, whole setup. Did. It was pretty cool. Uh, So... Rossi's actually starts the the whole process of it. They're going in and they're both, you know, there there was no a, not a lot of guard action and you got that lasso sweep sort of. And then you had Rossi going on a toe hold. And it was it could have been close. It was close at certain points, but occasionally Lord would sit on it or they would turn, or they would move and it it would go back and forth between being a close toe hold to like where it can is in a position where it potentially get finished to where it was a toe hold that was in a very very hard orientation to finish. Yeah, so they're going and commentary was like, she's got it good, but she's also leaving her leg in a position to also get 
the toehold. And so Lara started going after the toehold. Well, Rossi sort of bails on it, and Lara transitions from the toehold and pulls up and locks in that knee bar and starts to get it. And I was like, okay, well, she's going to start to come up and try to fight the knee bar. And I'm I'm guessing just from where Lara was sitting, she was dropping her hips enough to where it was preventing that action from happening. And then she finished the knee bar. But she transitioned her legs before she finished, which I thought was really cool. She went from basically the inline knee bar where you have both legs parallel to the opponent's legs and she triangled the legs um and it was ended up behind the thigh which you were seeing more and more that's exactly how craig jones finished at quintet where they kind of uh you triangle your legs and then you can arch and it seems to give them better control of the lower knee line than just standard you know leg on leg pressure I think yeah. I'm, we're seeing that more and more, that triangling of the legs for the knee bar at the high level. So I think um, just by that camera angle they had for this and by the camera angle at Quintet when Craig Jones finished it. Uh, it looks similar. looks very, very similar. And then just the pressure that you have to finish against um, against the knee is outstanding there. And so she gets the tap, gets the knee bar. It was a fun match. This is was a really cool match to look at for gi leg entanglements because there's now reaping. And so they had to transition from positions without reaps, and you were still you were still able to see an effective leg game played in the gi without the reaps. And, you know, again, good for match study. And that wraps up our coverage of Fight to Win Pro 74 in Denver. Moving on to previews. Yay. So, as you all know, this is a fan-supported or listener-supported podcast. We put our money into it. We don't ask you for money because I don't think we're good enough to ask you for our money yet. But if you could help us out by just giving a share on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, if you email got a, a friend. If you got a gym chat. Anything, you know. Share it with your jujitsu friends. Anything. Put it up there. Help us out. Help us help you. So, Rise Submission Invitational 4 is happening May 18th. It is their fourth event, and it has a number of super fights and title fights and undercard matches. And a tournament. And a a four-man 135 tournament. With EBI rules. Ten minutes, submission only, plus a three-round overtime if needed. This looks like a fun event overall. You know, Rise... They've run these before, and they've popped up on Flow flow Wrestling, Flow Grappling. I've been watching a lot of Flow-related things. Um... It's really cool submission. It's more grappling to watch. Why do I have to explain it any more than that? Like, watch it. There's guys on there that you're going to want to see. Like, let's preview this, John. Uh, the let's. Do you want to go from the top or you want to go? Yeah, let's start from the top. I don't. I don't care. Main card, super fights, and title fights. The at the top, the title fight, the hundred and seventy pound title. Mike Padilla versus Jason Rao. You've seen Mike on EBI. a bunch of stuff. And a whole lot of things. Yeah. Uh, you have a 135-pound black belt super fight, Nick Pace. Oh, I wonder where we've seen him before. Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Yep. Main was like, where, where have we seen him I was giving Josh the squinty eyes like, where have we seen him before? Uh, Alex Eklund, who was on a recent fight to win card. We've seen him yep. a bunch of times as well. Uh, that's a 135-pound match, 180-pound match. Brown belt match. Brown belt match. Thank you. You caught that one. Uh, Adam Colorado versus Nick Ronan. 
And then you have a hundred. We've seen Nick Ronan on Fight to Win before. You don't say. Uh, You have a 185-pound super fight. It doesn't give any belts or anything, so. I assume it's brown belts. Maybe purple. You never know. Mike Elshami versus Taj Abdul Hakim. I killed that name. You did, Josh. You did kill that that name. name. Then the four-man 135 tournament. Again, EBI. Uh, EBI style tournament. Uh, again, I always love these one night tournaments. They're always exciting. We have Ray Ray versus Sop Huh. Is, Is that it? guy's name really Ray Ray? Because awesome. Like one, your parents had the balls to just be like, "Yo, we're gonna name you Ray Ray." Like your first name is Ray. Your last name happens to be Ray. You Ray Ray. <laughs> You're not wrong, Josh. You're not wrong. Uh, I believe Sopha is how that be, would should be pronounced. I'm uncertain. And then the second, uh, the other side of the bracket is Frank Rosenthal versus Christian Medina. And then on the undercard, there are a gang of undercard matches. A and gaggle. A gaggle. Something Josh and I want to touch on uh, real quick here is uh, in the rules it's listed that men's matches are six minutes sub or draw, and women's matches are only five minutes sub or draw. And we have no idea why that. Why are you the, taking away sixty seconds? What's what's the point? Well, why are the women's matches shorter? It's not. This isn't boxing, where it's a completely different sport for women, or lacrosse, where it's a completely different sport for women. Like it's they're doing it's the, the same, same thing. They're doing the same thing. Like why? Why is? I mean, there may be there may be a reason for it. I can't think of one. It just seems super weird um, that they would have a minute less to to work. It just stood out to us as being kind of strange. But there are tons of people on here that you've heard before. Van Flores. Zach Maslany, uh, who else do we have here? We have uh, Pierre Olivier uh, Leclerc, who was on Kasai. Uh, Kasai recently, and he was also in. What was the one that he was in right afterwards? Was it EBI? No, was no, no, late, no, no, He was no. a late replacement for something. That was Kasai that he was the late replacement. Oh, for. we saw him sub spectrum. We saw sub spectrum. Yes, yep. that's what it was. So he's a fun guy to watch. And so this guy, again, another New York guy, TriStar RGA, bunch of guys from Marte- Marcelo Garcia, Bronx Jiu-Jitsu. It seems like a, a big local New York card, heavy. big New York yeah. heavy card. Again, if Kasai's undercard is anything you know, similar to what Rise is putting on, um, there should be some really good matchups on this. So this is out on May 18th. Again, more fun grappling to watch. Tune in. So on to our preview of Fight to Win Pro 75 in Scottsdale, Arizona. This event is headlined by a 185-pound black belt gi match, Thomas Keenan of Soul Fighters, Arizona BJJ versus DJ Jackson Team Team Lloyd Irvin. I'm impressed that you just didn't give up right then and there. And Josh, say, I know yeah. both these guys' names. I've seen them before. Uh, this would be exciting. We've seen Thomas, again, a bunch of times. We've seen DJ Jackson in person a bunch of times. I've seen him fight in May. I've seen him on a couple Maryland cards. It's in the gi. Is it really? Oh, it is in the gi. Look at it's that. It's in the gi. That's exciting. This is what made it makes it more exciting. Because when's the last time we saw DJ in the gi? It's been, it's been a I little don't remember. bit. It's probably been almost a year since I've seen him in the gi. I'm not going to say that. I've seen him training in the gi on Instagram, obviously, because he has a gi match coming up. But uh, it'll be fun to see how he does under the co-main event. 150 pound black belt gi match. Gabriel Reveredo versus Garrison Antioch. Oh. oh. Ooh, Antigue? I'm going to go with it. I had it a second ago, and you said it wrong, and then now I can't remember what the right spelling, right pronunciation of it. It's Atoué, isn't it, or something? I'm not I'm not. Man, gonna... I had it, and then you messed me up. Now, next we have a heavyweight heavyweight black belt gi match. Alex Huddleston versus Carlos Farias. On to a 145, 40-pound black belt gi match. 
Barrett Yoshida, Paulo Cesar. I love Barrett Yoshida. I love that he just randomly pops up all over the place and just keeps keeps competing. I assume this is not for he, he Last time he competed, it was for a Masters title. And again, Josh and I always forget if he won that match or lost that match. I think it was a very close decision, if I recall correctly. If I'm not mistaken, he lost it. Okay. I think that was good. So th- I think this is, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a Masters match or just a regular match. Neither would surprise me with Yoshida. Nope. Moving on to 225-pound black belt gi match. Derek Kale versus Francisco France. 215-pound black belt gi match. Sal Flores versus AJ Scales. 205-pound black belt gi match. You notice a little trend right here that they're all in the gi? Josh, it's gi season. As it be, I, I, I don't getting care. ready for worlds. In the gi. Anyway, 205 black belt gi match. Kevin Scott versus Daniel Hampton. 205 pound black belt gi match. John Cabay versus Mike Berlaka. 175 pound black belt gi match. Diogo Ferreira versus David Barnes. 170 pound black belt gi match. Victor Emmanuel versus Breno Bittencourt. 165-pound black belt, no gi match. You guys fucked it all up for me. Issa Abel versus Daniel Murkar. 160-pound black belt gi match. Daniel Radoff, or Radoff, versus David Riley. 150-pound black belt gi match. Josh Rodriguez versus Paulo Eduardo Ferreri. 150-pound black belt gi match. John Van Buren versus Sergio Hernandez. 135-pound black belt gi match. Yes, we're still in the black belts. Santos Hivera, uh, Rivera versus Benjamin Tapia. And that will do it for all the black belts after that. It's a big brown belt card, and then you move on to the purple belts after that. And I think there are there's a couple blue belt matches, and there's orange belts. There's kids and teens as well Teen blue card. belt regular, you know, orange, so, yellow. Again, a loaded card. 15 black belt matches, Josh. That's huge. That's like that's that's so many black belts. So many, Josh. Miami had 21. 21 and like, you know, Maryland had like 14. 15. But still, uh well, first card had 14, I think. The second one had 15 or yeah, 16. But, dude, tons of black belts. I always forget how much BJJ there is in Arizona. A lot. I I get that. Like Megatons there and other people that I can't MMA think of. MMA Lab. Like, it's in Arizona as well. Yeah, yeah there's so Gustavo many people. Dantes. And it's just crazy the amount of black belts. Like, dude, when I started BJJ, there Bajas. were like four black belts in Maine. Maybe five, depending on like who was in the state at that time. Now there's like... A lot more. Dude, we have 30 black belts are on this card. It's crazy. So many black belts, Josh. It's an exciting time to be a fan of jiu-jitsu. Indeed. So this looks like a fun card happening on Saturday. Rise is happening on Friday. This is happening on Saturday. Get to space it out. Don't have to do that split screen action. My wife is going to be so pissed that I'm watching this. Why? Because it's our wedding anniversary. Josh, you got to make your choices, man. You've been <laughs> together a couple of years. Like, she can take the hit. We've been married for 11 years. That's Not together time. for a couple of years. We've been married for 11 Josh, years. Josh, that's a long time, man. Yeah, I'm aware of this. Like, I'm barely 11 years old. Like, that's so much time. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? You're 26? Uh, I think I just turned 27. Yeah, 27. Oh, so you were 16 when I got married. Yo, you were 16 when you got married, Josh? No, you were 16 Josh, when I got married. Josh, we're the same age, man. What are you talking about? That is not true. I am older than you. A little bit. So, again, a great another great weekend of jiu-jitsu uh, in the lead-up to Worlds. It, you know, We're going to have a little bit of a lull. Wait, do, do we have a week off? 
No, there's no way in hell. Do we have a... Look, May 19th. Let's go from this Friday right here. May 18th, right? Yeah, that's Friday. Then May 19th. Then it's a Saturday. Right? And then May 30th, which is like a Wednesday. Okay. I'm going to take your word on that one. That's an 11-day separation. So nothing's on flow. Do we have ACBJJ? Do we have... No, that's not until June. There's no EBI. Nope. No subspectrums. Not that no I'm ultimate aware of. Matt Warrior. Not that I'm aware of. Any... Ooh. We might legit have, like... Yo, you guys might get... Sumo. That, yeah. That's really... No, even then, like, that's the only thing. All right, what's oh, judo doing? Shit. What's oh, Sambo shit. doing? What are you the guys, other grappling sports we don't cover very frequently doing? You guys might get a bullshit episode. You might get us talking about weird things. You might get a clip show of all the weird fucked up shit that we've cut out of this show. Or not. I don't know. We're the Trust, trust me, Wednesday of this week will roll around and Josh and I will go, oh, these two events are happening. Hmm, the more you Maine's, know. Maine's crossing his fingers for that. I am crossing. I'm, I'm hoping. He's already edited because out. Because I edit uh, these out. Eight-minute conversation that we had during this podcast that he doesn't want to see the light of day. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> so that will pretty much do it for this week. Uh, that that That's it for the week. Ooh, we're getting into this weird lull before the big one, but... What are you talking about? Just we're gonna have to preview worlds. Like that will take us a week in itself. Oh yeah, that might be the the preview week. Yeah, that'll then. be the preview week for Josh. Got all excited and was like, oh, "What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen?" Nope, worlds are gonna happen May thirtieth. So kicking it off. So get ready, Josh. Strap the fuck in. Oh, it's still gonna for be a world coverage. It's still gonna be a bullshit episode. There's no way we. Josh, can... aren't they all? Let's be serious about this. Aren't they all? Good point. Good point. So that's this week. In the Grappling Rewind, as always, I'm Josh. I'm Maine. See you on the mats. As always, you can email us at thegrapplingrewind at gmail.com. You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere you can find Facebook podcasts. We're on Facebook, Grappling Rewind. Instagram. Grappling Rewind. Twitter. Grappling Rewind. Reach out to us on social media. If you got something that you want us to cover, you want to clarify, you know, we are here. You want to tell us we're idiots. Hey, let us know. You want us to pronounce your name correctly? Let us know. Subscribe. Subscribe on the YouTube page. Leave us a review. Helps us out a lot. It helps us out. And, you know, it eventually will help you out. We like to give back. We're doing this as something that isn't done. So help us help you. Again, as always, I'm Josh. I'm Maine. And this is the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We'll see you on the mats.